Well, hello and welcome to Small Town Big Business, a podcast about doing big business in small town USA. I'm your host, Allison Hassler with Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals. And I'm Russ Williams with Ethos Small Business Incubator, co-working spaces, training and development here at the Citadel Building in downtown Marion, Illinois. We wanna thank you for joining us today and we also wanna thank our sponsors for making small town big business possible. And that includes Arcadia Wealth Group, Fowler Heating and Cooling, Black Diamond, Harley-Davidson and RV, the Swinford Media Group, Watermark Auto Group Foundation, and of course, Union Street Arts. Well, you can join our small town big business community wherever you listen to podcasts, including YouTube and Facebook. Well, we should say during this interview that we're in the middle of five construction projects here in downtown Marion, here on the square, which I think is kind of unusual, but it's really cool that that's happening on just outside of our window. So you are going to hear during this interview and some other interviews (laughs) that, you know, constant construction saws and beeping. It's quiet right now. It's good ambiance, I think. Yeah, it's nice. Exactly. Allison, who do we have today? Oh, man, I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm already going to be signing up for things that he offers. So if you are new to our podcast, thank you for coming, joining us today. We interview successful business owners and learn why and how they thrive in rural small towns. And today, our guest is Joe Zinkowski Mm, with the Upright Group. And that is Upright W. I'm sorry, with a W-R-I-T. So we're going to get into the show today. Welcome so much. Thank you, Joe. Excited to be here. You guys do a great job. Super pumped to be here. Thank you. Love the way you guys uh, tell stories with local business owners. And Russ, you know, I'm a member here at Ethos. So you are. I've been just, chasing you for the podcast yeah, yeah. for how many months now? <laughs> a lot I think of, you feels joined, like about 20 years. Joined, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you joined in January, one of the first yeah. members. And then uh, nine months later, you're finally made here it to the go. table. Yep. Everybody yeah. should have office space here, though. It's a great spot and uh, excited to see what we do here in the future. Thank yeah. you. Yep. So tell us about Joe Zankowski, mm-hmm. where you're coming from, family, anything prior sure. to your business? Sure. So grew up in Chicagoland. So moved down here when I was about 10 years old. Are you a Cubs fan? No. White Sox fan, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wanted to be the black sheep. All my family were Cubs and Bears fans. So went White Sox and Steelers. No one talks to me anymore. Uh, It's great. (laughs) Worked out perfectly. Uh, Moved down here when I was 10. Total culture shock to Crab Orchard. uh, Super tiny town east of Marion. Wow. Uh, Yeah, so love the area, though. Uh, Went from having a really small house up there to uh, my parents having about 12 acres and horses and all that stuff. Uh, yeah, so decided to stick around. Um, eventually met my wife, now of 13 years, um, and now we have three beautiful daughters too. So uh, super busy, super blessed to just be kind of involved in a bunch of different things. Uh, small but mighty church that we have, that we're a part of. Uh, my wife runs Drizzle Mini Donuts, the food truck, um, and the kids are involved in everything. So yeah, uh, yeah it's just a great place to be. That's exciting. Yep. So did your parents ever explain to you why they moved from Chicago to Crab Orchard? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just to get away from the hustle and bustle and yeah. find some space, uh, you know, kind of get away from, you know, crime that was happening up there and just find something that was a little bit more wide open. Uh, I travel for work sometimes. So I go to Dallas, New York City. I always love coming back just for that same reason. It's just quiet. <laughs> so I think that was the main reason. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to get into the origin story of sure. the Upright Group and what that looks like, how you became an entrepreneur, 
Sure. And if you did did anything before that, and what led you to where you are today? Yeah. Yeah. So I graduated from SIU in 2005, which sounds like a long time ago. Uh, my first job out of college was the Southern Illinoisan. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to be a sports writer. That kind of came from my grandpa, uh, who was a Bears fan. Okay. Uh, he would ask me to write recaps of games and just kind of tell him what happened during the game and uh, show him my, you know, my ability to kind of watch a game and break it down. Uh, so that was my first job out of college was covering sports for the Southern, uh, paginating pages, uh, designing pages. I did that for about five years. Um, started to realize that newspaper hours weren't really conducive to starting a family. You're, you're there till one, two in the morning. Wow. Um, so found a job uh, with the state of Illinois, a mm-hmm. little agency, uh, regional office of education mm-hmm. under Matt Donkin. Uh, so I you know, skipped out on newspapers and went to that. We did a lot of communications type work for local schools, uh, met some lifelong friends, uh, Dave and Martha, who I still talk to today. Um, but while I was there for the next five years, I was still writing, right? I was still doing things on the side that I wanted to do communications wise. Started to get into copywriting, uh, resume writing, which I didn't know was a thing, but helping people kind of brand themselves yeah. uh, for jobs. Um, got that to the point where I was out earning what I was doing with the, the agency. So we had two kids at the time mm-hmm. and my wife was like, take a leap. And so I left work uh, back in 2013 and started working for myself and working from home and haven't looked back since. Wow. Yep. And what has it always been the upright group? Is that there were, been there the were early iterations of just mm-hmm. more personal branding type stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was pretty early on that I named it that and because I needed something that sounded official, uh, even though we're not a real big agency. I use copywriters. I use freelancers from time to time. Mm-hmm. But I tried to get it to the point where I could keep it small, keep it to where I can, you know, pick the kids up from school every day, take them to school, coach, all that good stuff. Uh, be present for my wife, help with her business. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's not really a agency style. I try to go anti-agency where it's more personalized service uh, to corporations and executives and things like that. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's always kind of been that. Talk about the growth of your company because sure. I'm sure you start off with one client sure, and you've yeah. grown to how many clients today? Yeah, so right now I'm just servicing about six-ish, um, all different sizes, but I've tried to keep it right about there. And where are uh, they at? They're everywhere. They're in Poland. Uh, they're in Cleveland. They're in New York City. Wow. Um, they're in Boston, St. Louis. Uh, so that's what technology has allowed. And I learned that pretty early on that my business was going to be outside of the region because I was kind of going after corporate clients uh, for communications consulting, copywriting, uh, strategic messaging. And even though there's great, I've had good relationships here and I've done some cool work here, uh, it's cool to be able to branch out. Um, and travel to some different places and, and work on some different things. And how fast did it, was it to grow your business or did you have a lot of hurdles you had to get through? To yeah, get- the hurdles early were just time management, you know, working from home for the first time with kiddos yeah. at home and uh, really, trying to figure that issue? thing out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did that before it was cool, like before COVID hit. That was yeah. back in, I don't know, what, 15 years ago. Right. Um, so yeah, it was it was challenges early on of, whoa, I'm in charge here. I've got to make this happen. Um, yeah, started off with just a couple clients. Um, I've meandered around a little bit. I've went full-time with a client or two um, for some brief spots. I'm not a great W-2. I like to be able to call my own shots uh, and kind of you know work my own schedule. Um, but the growth, the growth was pretty quick. I'd say within the first year, like I said, I was already kind of out earning what I was earning full-time. And then I started to get that to where I doubled it and then even tripled it. And it was just kind of a gradual process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So explain to 
explain to me, like, I am not familiar with what copywriting is. Mm-hmm, sure. And explain to our listeners what what these services look like. Yep. For your clients. Yeah, so my, I kind of operate on like a three-legged stool. So mm-hmm. communications consulting, um, and I can get into that. That includes copywriting. Mm-hmm. Anytime a company needs help telling their story, um, branding, you know, kind of someone who can come in with a fresh perspective and consult them through uh, different ways they should be communicating. Um, and then also executive positioning, and under that falls like personal branding, but trying to help executives, managers, leaders uh, better tell their story, you know, whether they're looking for jobs or board assignments or uh, nonprofit, you know, kind of work. Uh, there's different strategies for that. And then also public relations. So how do you get your message out there in front of the right publications, podcasts, uh, media outlets? That's kind of my three uh, things that I try to focus on. Otherwise, I can go on, branch off into different things, and then I lose kind of uh, some of that control. Sure. Um, so turning down work has been a big lesson for me, kind of mm-hmm. as I've honed these services. Uh, but those are pretty much the three that I stick with. So do you branch out or deviate any from your corporate clients or do you stay really really truth to that because and the reason why i'm asking is because the first thing that popped in my head with that being like the resume writing and the copywriting and and branding yourself for um for work or you know to take that next step and immediately popped in two two categories that i have fit into before and that is uh, maybe the stay-at-home mom that mm-hmm. maybe is college educated but has n- stayed at home with their kids and ready to go into the workforce and being able to um, to be able to transfer the skills and abilities that she has had as a multitasker and yep. uh, you know all of these things that you can be as a stay-at-home mom to a resume to get into the workforce. And then the other one is uh, military people that are transferring out of the military. And sometimes it's really hard to articulate what, what those pieces look like on a resume transferring into the civilian world. Yep. Huge challenges. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I I write a work happiness column for the Southern Illinois. So Mm -hmm. I still write and am active there. It's all focused on, like what you're talking about, tips on uh, transitioning out of the military. If you've been laid off, what do you do? Mm-hmm. Interview skills. So yeah, I, I work a lot with personal branding clients, you know, mm-hmm. kind of across the country as well and locally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's a huge challenge to being able to, how do you tell your own story, right? So everybody can kind of talk great about their friends or family, but when it comes to putting our own skills on paper and how do we market ourselves? I think a ton of people struggle with that. Yeah. So that's been a that's been a big focus for me, personal branding, mm-hmm. um, and it's it's a challenge that a lot of people have. And you know, you talk about stay at home moms too. My when I left um, corporate, w- the state, uh, that was the time when all these freelance hubs were kind of opening up. You know, mm-hmm. like freelancer. Um, Fiverr was even becoming big. So a lot of these things where you could start going out and getting your own work, which is a really cool time. So that's kind of how I built it at the beginning. I think I've hired somebody from Upwork before. Upwork, yeah, there's a ton of different platforms and um, it's made it possible for people to be able to use those skills when they need a flexible schedule or work engagement. Um, So it's, it's kind of been a cool thing to see. And then LinkedIn is one of the mm-hmm. platforms that you're you're a master of. I've, I've master, come to yeah. some of your uh, class on LinkedIn that you talk. <laughs> sure, yeah. So talk about how useful that is yep. and how that's changed. Yep. Yeah, LinkedIn is red hot right now for content and messaging. People go to LinkedIn not only for 
jobs anymore, like to search for openings. They go there to get leadership tips. They go there to network and meet people who uh, might be able to help them with specific challenges. Um, so if you're not active on LinkedIn, uh, there's one thing, you know, having a great profile uh, is good. Obviously, you want to be able to get picked up by recruiters and people who might be searching for someone like you, but you have to be active. You have to be writing you know, content, sharing things that are important to you, uh, you know, spreading the word about nonprofits or messages or leadership principles you want to be uh, you know, communicating. Uh, yeah, LinkedIn is the place to be right now. And a lot of people are like, yeah, I just kind of copy my resume and put it onto LinkedIn, but that's not enough. You have right. to be active. You have to use the platform. Yeah, yep. excellent. Now, like Allison, you're in a family of two, not one entrepreneurs, mm-hmm, but there's sure. two businesses going yep. on. Tell us about that. And this is the point of the interview where you guys just want to talk about uh, donuts because that's what my <laughs> wife does. Yeah. Anytime we're out in public now, it used to be, oh, man, what do you do? Oh, that's cool. Copywriting, you know, communications. Now no one cares. It's yeah. always about <laughs> what Brittany does. Brittany. Brittany, uh, my lovely wife, she uh, runs Drizzle Mini Donuts. So very popular food truck uh, out of Marion. We launched it during the pandemic, uh, which was a cool time because no one could go out to eat. Yeah. So food trucks became a thing here, I think. Yeah. Um, and yeah, super successful. She works her butt off. Very quality, detail focused. And I think that's what's made a difference in how she's been successful. Uh, we give back portions of the earnings to local nonprofits, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, always focused on that. And then we're starting to get the kids involved, three daughters, like I said, but uh, that's going to be their first job. And yeah. they're going to learn how to work and because it's it's hard work. You know, it's setting up a restaurant every time you go out. And she's, she's learned that uh, the first year she kind of went a little bit crazy on events and, you know, taking everything she could. Now she's found more of that balance of like having to turn things down and uh, being able to find that, you know, kind of balance of work and life balance which everyone sure. kind of struggles with that's but, cool yeah, yeah. and yeah. why donuts any reason specific specifically donuts yeah. yeah so we went to new york city uh for one of my work trips and there was a small market uh and there was a vendor uh selling mini donuts mm-hmm. and they were awesome and we went there like five five times in a row i think and we we're like we have to bring this home mm-hmm. all the way home from new york city because she doesn't like to fly so we had a long drive home okay. to talk about it yeah. and kind of mapped it out and uh, she bought her food truck from Kansas. It was a used food truck. Uh, we started with the branding, started doing some social media kind of guerrilla teaser kind of thing and had a really cool following right off the bat. Uh, so, you know, since then, it's just been gangbusters. That's so cool. Yep. Now we're going to have to have Brittany on. Yes. And yeah. talk about donuts. She could be next. Donuts. Yeah. <laughs> as long as she brings, she has to bring the donuts. That's, That's awesome. right. Yep. So, Joe, without giving away any of your secret sauce of what you do, yep. Can you explain to us maybe some of the common pitfalls that you find your clients in uh, when it comes to personal branding mm-hmm. and uh, marketing themselves in a way that they're trying to get across? Sure. Yeah, and I think it's the same for individuals as it is for organizations. I see the same challenges, right? So example, a company might have a new product that they want to get the word out on, or an entrepreneur might have a new product that they want to kind of spread the word on. There are different audiences and different ways to communicate that. Whereas a company might be just too excited and they launch it and they forget about their different audiences. They forget about who they should be talking to. What are the main benefits to the customers, not just to themselves. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in personal branding get wrapped up in the same thing, right? They mm-hmm. will be so focused on what they think they bring to the table versus what's actually valuable in the job market, what are companies looking for. You have to play the keyword game, like on your resumes and on LinkedIn, because 
all these super algorithms are what actually drives you to a hiring manager or a recruiter, right? You have to get through these computers first. Mm -hmm. So your documents have to be uh, keyword relevant. If they're not, you're just going to end up in a pile and a human's never going to see your story, never going to want to reach out to you. Mm -hmm. So you have to be able to play that game, but then also tell a personal kind of story. And I think there's just an art to it. Yeah. A lot of people, whether it's I don't have time or I don't really have the expertise on this, mm -hmm. that's where people struggle and they kind of throw their hands up. What's um, an example of a keyword that would be relevant, let's say in... Let's say that you're a marketing, mm -hmm. you know, your strength is marketing and you want to be hired yep. or a freelancer. What what would be a keyword that would be necessary sure. for them in that? Yeah, I think resume? anything marketing right now, it's almost married to technology. We're going so digital right now. So business transformation is like the biggest keyword right now that's being used for people in tech, marketing, Did sales. You say business transform transformation. Transformation. Yeah. So that all these companies are undergoing what they call digital transformation. Mm -hmm. yeah. They're digitizing all of their processes. Mm -hmm. They're making everything more data focused, data driven. Mm -hmm. And that's huge corporate organizations down mm -hmm. to some of the smaller mom and pop shops that I know. Um, so that that's a big one. Anything around, like I said, transformation, data, um, you know, you don't want you want to avoid words like creative or results focused. That's everybody is that right. right. So you want to kind of my biggest tip to job seekers is to go look at job announcements. So go to LinkedIn, find two or three jobs that are attractive to you and find out what they're talking about in their job descriptions, right? So let's go back to the job seeker advice and what you have for those that are either getting back into the workforce or looking to change jobs. Sure. Yeah, so much has changed in the past decade or even five years, you know, especially after the great resignation and everything that's been driven by COVID. Um, so much of it's technology driven. So what I try to coach job seekers, if they're ready to get back to work or they're looking for something that is better than what they're currently doing, uh, is to really start with job announcements. You know, try to find those dream jobs that you, you think you're a great fit for, you'd want to apply for. Look at them, study them, uh, find out, you know, five or six key phrases that you see popping up across kind of as a theme uh, and make sure those keywords are in your resume. They're in your LinkedIn profile. Uh, like I said, the, the algorithms that these companies use for recruitment uh, are all keyword based. So if you're not playing that game, uh, you're going to kind of miss out on at least getting to a person and getting to an interview. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So. We also know that you run workshops, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So, what are t tell us about your workshops? What do you what do you teach in those? Whatever Russ asked me to teach. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Let me write that down. <laughs> I think I've talked to so I've talked to high schools uh, here, and then also kind of in Chicago land, and mm -hmm. uh, you know I've also talked to uh, at the Mary Library uh, here. Uh, you know LinkedIn tips and tricks, personal branding hacks. Uh, communication strategies. Um, I've given workshops kind of live with companies and mini trainings uh, that can be done virtually or on the same kinds of things. So mm -hmm. I try to always kind of keep it in that communications vein and personal branding vein uh, that people might need help with. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, I believe we've had somebody on, uh, on our show before that has talked about the age of, uh, you know, the age of content mm -hmm. right now. And I'll remember who it was and give him credit. It was Nick. Okay. Uh, yeah. Skogar. <laughs> yes, yeah, Skogar. Mm -hmm. And 
that we're in this, you know, we're beyond the age of technology now. Mm-hmm. We're really into the big, the age of content and how we deliver the information. So do you have um, specific points that, or specific communication strategies that maybe worked 10 years ago that don't work anymore sure. now, or even five years ago that don't work? There's better strategies now for communication. Yeah, great question. And yeah, it's super relevant. It comes up all the time. Companies, I think 10 years ago, were trying to be super polished. You know, their ads were super polished. They were focused on uh, perception. And I think now consumers see right through that, right? I think consumers want a more authentic communication. They want to be talked to like a person. So I think what I try to coach companies through is what are the things that make you human? You know, what are the parts of your culture that we could highlight? Are you highlighting your people enough? Are you highlighting what you're doing in the community enough? Um, if you can hit that and kind of keep that balance, uh, you're going to be able to resonate with people more. So I think it's just kind of taking off some of that shine, some of that sheen, mm-hmm. and kind of getting back to our people. And this is what makes us a company mm-hmm. um, and highlighting some of those things. It's totally changed. And yeah. I think the pandemic had a lot to do with that. Yeah. 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 I follow... Um, quite a few people on podcast and, you know, trying to, trying to identify like what is that personal brand and, yep. um, how to go, how to make sure that my brand aligns with my truth and what I am at the same time, I have a, a struggle of, okay, well, I don't know if my ideal clients really want to see me as a hot mess express that, you know, my friends want to <laughs> sure. see on yeah. Facebook. Yep. But so is there a fine line of, you know, is it being too personal in your personal branding? Sure. That's a good question too. I think it depends on the channels, right? And it depends on what story you're trying to tell. Same thing for companies. You know, you probably don't want to just, you know, create one piece of content or one message and blast it across all your socials, right? Or across all your channels. LinkedIn's a different audience, right? And that's where I go back to communications consulting, where you have to look at your audience first. So something that works on TikTok as a quick kind of tip or something you want to get out there really quickly probably isn't going to land the same way on LinkedIn, which is more about networking and professionalism. So I think you have to you have to be strategic. You have to look at all that stuff yeah. versus, oh, man, that's cool. Boom, blasted everywhere. And then, you know, the feedback comes and it's not so positive sometimes or you overshared. Um, so I think it's knowing your audience and kind of keeping aligned with with that. And that comes down to having a plan, which I know a lot of people sometimes don't have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're intentionally looking for a lot of trends in business. You, mm-hmm. you're, you're reporting on them before we say what they are. You know, we, sure. we realize. So are there any trends that you can tell us about that you might be writing about right now or sure. will, will be? Yeah, I think a lot of the trends in business right now, you know, we mentioned business transformation. I think it's a lot about just people, right? It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. How do you go out and be a um, genuine leader? Because what that does is it doesn't just boost your own personal brand and get you speaking engagements and TED talks and all that stuff. It makes people who are looking at you as a leader within a certain company, uh, they might be attracted to come work for you, right? They might, top talent might say, man, this guy or this girl is on it. I want to come work for that company just because of how you present yourself. Um, So I think the trend right now is for genuine communications, authenticity, uh, because you can grow your personal brand, your business brand, your talent bench as far as who's coming with you. Um, and that, that works for corporate America and it also works for small business. Mm. Yep. 
and co-working spaces is one of those trends I know you've written sure, about. Yep. And so how does that work for you? I mean, it's, it, it, yeah. it's good for your business. Love co-working. Yeah. My yeah. wife loves that I'm out of the house a couple of days a week, which is great for her. Uh, I love collaborating. I love talking to people and I also love kind of being able to shut the door and, uh, you know, kind of get my work done. So yeah. I've, I've followed this trend for a while, you know, in kind of some of the bigger cities. So pumped that this is here. Uh, like I said, can't wait to see kind of what the next steps look like because I know you've got big plans. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, co-working is something I think everybody should at least give a shot. Uh, we're used to working from home now over the past couple of years, but there's something cool about stepping out, getting your pajamas off, getting dressed, and coming to work. Right. <laughs> so I definitely recommend it. Right. But you're considered a freelancer, which may still be foreign for some people and mm -hmm. or think that that only works in big towns, sure. big cities. So why does it work in... Small towns, because you're doing big business mm -hmm. in a small sure. town. Yeah, I think technology's made it all possible. That's why I even took the leap back in 2012, 2013, because I started to get clients outside of the area and realized that I could scale that. And mm -hmm. so technology has, has made it all possible. Um, I think as long as you are you know, dedicated, you have good time management skills, um, and you treat your clients right, I think you can grow a freelance business no matter what it is. You know, whether you're, I listened to a podcast yesterday about a lady who left corporate America to make handbags because she needed something that was good for on the go. And, you know, she's going to airports, to business meetings, to parties. So she made this bag that like does all of that. And, you know, she can take parts of it off. There's those kind of opportunities out there that if you kind of challenge yourself and um, understand how to take it from idea to, to business, um, that's considered freelancing too. And you can kind of go that way as well. That's cool. Time management yeah. skills. That's one we're going to have to teach here at Ethos. <laughs> Definitely applies to everybody. Yeah. It's a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Cool. So why, because you can live yeah. anywhere and do actually both of your jobs. So mm -hmm, obviously sure. it's successful in New York City yep. and uh, donuts can be successful mm -hmm. anywhere. Why, why stay in small town USA versus anywhere else? Yeah. Yeah, we've talked about it. We've looked at moving. We've looked at relocating, uh, had opportunities to move for jobs. And it's just, I think it's the family that we've built, you know, friends and family, you know, kind of stability. Uh, I graduated from Crab Orchard School, and that's where all the kids go to school. Uh, so it's that small town kind of feel that we get, that we can still get to St. Louis in an hour and a half, or and then get on an airplane and go see whatever we want to, or go on a road trip. Um, so I think it's the relationships I love the pace, you know, I love being able to get to town in 10 minutes mm -hmm. and not have to go through Chicago traffic and, uh, you know, it's just nice, slow pace. And I think we've, we're not planning on leaving. So, right. yeah. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. Well, Joe, thank you so much. Sure. How would awesome. we, how would we find you? How would we learn about, you know, what you're doing and I'm follow a, your I'm a ghost? Follow, <laughs> yeah. No, I have a website, theuprightgroup.com. Okay. I'm also on all the major socials and happy to help. And I love helping people locally kind of with personal branding, a lot of times free of charge. So if anybody wants to reach out and have me look over some materials and um, I, I keep my local business kind of, you know, complimentary, uh, yeah. if that makes sense. Well, this was excellent. Awesome. Yeah. It was it's a good, awesome. good chase for nine months. We finally got you at the table. <laughs> Thanks for chasing. It was an excellent interview. Thank you so appreciate much. appreciate it. Thanks for letting me share it. Yeah, yeah. Joe, this is great. Awesome. So Joe Zinkowski, the Upright Group, be looking for him, especially in Southern Illinois business. Yep. 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 Business articles. That's yep. great. And your first workshop, 
I say first, yeah. first workshop at Ethos will already have passed yep. by the time that this yeah. comes out. However, we may try to talk you into doing another one. So sure. yep. um, so if we have information on that, we will be sure yeah. to share it. Yeah, yep. I'll share it too. Yeah, and we should tell our audience to be looking for those classes and workshops that we offer, most of them for free right here at Ethos at the Citadel. So you can look for those on Facebook at Ethos at the Citadel. Look at our website, ethosmarion.org, or just join our membership platform, which registration for that is actually free. You don't have to pay for anything like co-working spaces, but you'll go to members.ethosmarion.org forward slash events. It'll actually ask you to register and fill out a profile, but you can do that for free and see what's coming up. Should also promote that, Allison, how do you find Southern Illinois vacation rentals? So you can go to Southern, you can type out the long version and write out Southern Illinois vacation rentals and it will come up, but there's a short version, SIVR.rentals will take you right to the website as well. And that's the best place to reach us is the, you can find us on social, but it'll redirect you right back to the website. And right now, 20 properties throughout Southern Illinois. Yep. So if someone is like, I'm coming to Southern Illinois for Christmas, I need a place to stay, then yes. they should look at we you. We have unique boutique and luxury and uh, quite a few lakefront homes. Yeah. Well, thank you to our, our small town big business audience for tuning in each, uh, every two weeks to hear our podcast. I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, that includes Arcadia Wealth Group, Black Diamond, Harley-Davidson, and RV. Uh, Fowler Heating and Cooling, the Watermark Auto Group Foundation, of course, Southern Illinois Vacation Rentals, Swinford Media Group, and Union Street Arts. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast that is released every two weeks on your favorite platform. Remember, subscribing is free and you won't miss upcoming episodes. Release those every two weeks. Thanks again for joining us. I'm Allison Hassler. And I'm Russ Williams. 